Welcome to Black People Love Paramore, a podcast where we try to help Black people feel seen. Please rate and write us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars only because we are five-star bitches. We're Dio Gotti. I'm your host, Sequoia. And today, returning to the show to talk about hookah, we have Toya Coleman from That Wasn't In My Textbook podcast. Say what's up, Toya. Hello. What's up, everybody? <laughs> you want to tell them a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes. <laughs> I am Toya, also known as Toya from Harlem. I am a historian. I like to say I'm the Anthony Bourdain of history, you know, Um, and period. And I have a podcast myself called That Wasn't In My Textbook that helps us uncover the things we always wish we learned from that boring, bulky textbook. So it's an adult history podcast and we like, you know, uncover lies our teachers taught us. And then we also like about things like holidays, but then we also keep it spicy and do stuff like the history of hookah, like we're talking about today or like the history of cannabis. So it's like the history class you never knew you always wanted to take. I love that. That is fantastic. It's also a really good podcast, y'all. Y'all need to go listen to it. Like, very well done. Yes. Um, before we get into talking about, yeah, please subscribe. Before we get into talking about hookah, we have In My Defense. In My Defense is a segment where we bring one of our controversial or unpopular opinions and defend it for you all. Unusual for me, I don't have an In My Defense today. I feel like I'm running low on them. I've given y'all all the controversial opinions I'm willing to say in public. Um, and so <laughs> I am running low. So I am going to just leave it to Toya this week. Toya, what you got? Wow. You're really just going to put me out. But my first, like the episode, <laughs> second episode I'm yep. in, you got me out here by myself. Okay. So this is my yep. unpopular <laughs> opinion, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is my, this, this is going to sound awful because obviously I'm not a parent, you know, I don't have any children or anything like that. I'm also an only child. So like the nieces and nephews are all like friends, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, you know, not every baby is a genius. I recently went somewhere Ooh. and someone was telling me how their <laughs> child is a genius. And it's like, let the baby be a baby. I'm not trying to say the baby isn't smart, but you know, it's like one or two years old. Like, can it just live? Like, you don't have to tell me, you know, how many things your child knows how to do. Just like, let it crawl and like, just be chill. I just feel like there's so much. First of all, everyone thinks their baby is a genius. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I don't know if that's true, but also like, can you figure out a genius at two? Come on, relax. <laughs> you about to hit a nerve with that one on some people. Some people about to be triggered, have have a little, yeah, you hitting a little nerve with some people, okay? I'm sorry. I'm just over <laughs> these conversations. Like, my baby is so smart. It's like, really? Okay. <laughs> Are they? <laughs> but is she? All right. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry, parents. That's just, maybe it will change. I might have to retract this. I could feel somebody like 10 years from now, like, bringing this up and showing it online like oh she thinks her baby's a genius remember right. when she said this right, right. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile you actually have like a genius baby it's like okay but i was exactly like, so exactly thank i you said not about... every baby is a genius but right. my baby <laughs> right right i said yours is not i didn't say nothing about mine don't worry about what mine doing over here thank you that's a you put yourself out there for that one i appreciate the bravery with that statement because parents you know parents parents it'd be different over there. So that's brave. Cool. I don't have one. So I'm going to move on to song of the week. I do have a song this week. You want to go first, Toya, or you want me to go first? I've already put myself out there. I'm going to take a little break. Okay, cool. Right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. My song of the week this week is from an artist 
that will probably have an episode of their own sometime in the future on this podcast. Okay. She is one of the ones that we would likely uh, take in the race wars. And that is JoJo. And the song I chose is Leave. Get out. Because JoJo was really singing her little 13-year-old heart out on that song. Like she was 13? She was 13. <laughs> I mean, I Isn't think I probably crazy? was 13. How old was I? I don't know. Probably the same age. I was feeling that song though. Feeling it. And she was giving big, like, big voice, big energy, big attitude. Like she was not giving 13 at all. And it's crazy now that I'm like, shit, even when I listen to it now, I'm like, this is not a 13-year-old voice. This is mature. This is like it had a, a mature voice. It was like she was, it's like she looked up to Ashanti. Something about her whole essence at this time was like she looked up to Ashanti. The pout, the eyebrows. Yeah, 13-year-old Georgia was out here giving, giving the girls for real. That is my song though, you know? Yeah. That was yeah. my song. You say that you would treat me right, but it was just a waste of time. Okay, waste that is time. my damn song. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was killing it out here. <laughs> she's trying to make a little comeback, and I'm here for it. I noticed. I've been watching her. She's on like a press junket, or she was maybe a little while ago, and I was watching her videos of her singing on the internet with all, you know, like L and all that. And she's just so talented. I'm like, damn. I'm sad that JoJo had to go through that whole mess with the recording contract and couldn't put out music for like a decade. And she finally got out of it. And I'm happy to see that she's doing shows and getting paid to sing and all those things. But yeah, JoJo deserves more. Give her her things. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, unfortunately, from her like era of R&B had shitty contracts. And then we never heard from them again. They're all trying to make comebacks now. And I don't even mm-hmm. know if you can make a comeback, which is unfortunate. Like who's ever made especially a woman, like a mm, comeback? That's a good question. Who's ever made a comeback? Hmm. What woman, like? Maybe Jasmine Sullivan? You know what? That's a good one. Yes. I would. I feel like Jasmine Sullivan has been more consistent, though. Like, it's like she did have, I feel like it's just like kind of a consistent incline. Like, I don't think she was big, dipped, and then got big again. It feels like she was a consistent incline, but I could kind of see how you get there, too. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe JoJo is the closest we have to it. I know. I just don't know if you can make a successful full comeback. Like if you were popping in the early 2000s, unfortunately, that was like really popular during like the budding 2000s R&B era that maybe had one or two hits. You know what I'm saying? Like JoJo. I'm trying to think of other people, but there's a lot of those women out there and it's unfortunate. For sure. It is kind of unfortunate. You know who I would love to see make music and have a little bit of a solo career is Adrienne Bailon. I feel like she should like make some music, like do something. Because I really enjoyed Adrienne's voice when I was a kid. Naturally, y'all know I was a cheetah girl by heart. Still am. 100%. (laughs) So yeah, I'll go up for Miss Adrienne. I know. I do. I do remember thinking she was the most talented out of the the trio was it at one point. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know how many people, but yeah, I thought she was the most talented. I loved her voice. She's really trying to do the daytime talk show thing. And I know she yeah. recently just had like a baby via surrogate and she's doing the family thing, but I feel like she should try the music. I agree. I would love to see her try the music thing because she can actually sing. A hundred percent. I didn't know that she did the baby via surrogate thing. I, I had not heard about that. Good for her though. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into hookah. Wait, I got a song. I got a song. Oh, why did I? Why was I not about to let you talk about your song? I can't believe I was about to. I was about to say, "Fuck your song." Yes, what song you got, Twin? <laughs> okay, so just in the spirit of you know when we're recording this, obviously, you know, I'm gonna go with like an Ashanti song. I thought it was so interesting that you brought up Ashanti and JoJo because oh my god, you know, Ashanti just turned forty two. She's aging like fine wine. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I was listening to like a throwback, like R&B playlist on Apple Music, and they started playing "Rock with You," and I was like, "Oh, I used to love this song." Mm-hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> and I, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, I watched the Murder Inc. documentary that was on BT mm-hmm. that did not feature her for a reason. And, you know, I don't like Herb Gotti, but I still watched it. And the only good thing I got out of it was just the nostalgia of like, you know, all the Murder Inc. songs and the music videos. And so like, I've kind of been in my Jaw Rule Ashanti bag lately. Mm-hmm. So Rock With You came on and I was like, oh, this reminds me of like, you know, 106 in Park and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going to start, I'm going to do Rock With You, an oldie but goodie. That is a goodie. That is a very good choice. That's a song. Ashanti definitely had a stronghold in like the early 2000s. She had a series of songs that just feel like summer 2003. And that was a great time. Exactly. So, you know, and she's aging so well. You know, She looks good as hell. I hope her legs are insured. I know. They should be insured. They look good. They look good. I need her to come out with like a workout plan. I agree. It's surgery, probably. I think it's genetics. Okay, that too. I can see that. Yep. I think it might be genetics, but like, or maybe it's a little surgery, but I'm just going to say that it might be genetics because her mom looked good too. And mm-hmm. she got the same thighs. So I'm just like, I just want you to come out with a little workout plan, please. Right. Ashanti's workout plan. We would exactly. appreciate that. I would love that. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. So that's my song. And now we can like, you know, definitely get into this hookah stuff. All right, cool. Now we can get into a little hookah now that we didn't got uh, Ashanti out the way. That's my girl. I like her. So just real quick, y'all. Black people do love hookah. We know. I'm explaining what a hookah is. A hookah is a water pipe. Originally and predominantly used for heating and vaporizing tobacco. It originated in India in the 15th century and by today has spread globally in popularity. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. And about hookah hookah. has black folks in a chokehold. <laughs> it really does. Like, it, it, it's so interesting. Have you ever smoked hookah, Toya? Of course. <laughs> How do you like it? Do you like it? Do you enjoy it? I mean, it's a good, like, social thing, you know? Like, I enjoy it, like, in a group setting. I feel like Mm -hmm. I usually regret it the next day a little bit, depending on how hard I went. Because, like, tobacco, even though the water pipe is there to make it a little easier, it still is a little harsh, you know, on the lungs. But I do enjoy it in a social setting, especially if they make some good tobacco flavors, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? If they give you a good concoction and then you have a drink, (laughs) it's nice. Get you a little little lightheaded for a couple seconds. I like it. It's social. I'm not get your little light headed. <laughs> <laughs> it's so That is certainly what it be doing. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Have you've tried hookah? I have tried hookah. I am not a huge hookah fan or person. I'm not anti by any means. Like if it's in front of me, I might, you know, hit it once or so. But I'm also really headachey. Like I'm a headachey girl. I feel like you're either one of two types of girls. You're either a stomach ache girl or a headache girl. And I'm a headache girl through and through. So 
any small thing will give me a headache. So any more than like one little puff of the hookah, I'm definitely going to have a headache and then I'm going to want to go home and I'm going to ruin the night. So I try to stay away from it a little bit personally. Yeah, I definitely have gotten a headache or two from hookah. So I, I feel you on that. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like my first time smoking hookah was in college with my roommates. We had hookah pins and we really thought we were doing something. It was like before vapes were a thing, they had hookah pins, which I'm sure is a similar concept to a vape these days. Wait, a hookah pen? (laughs) I've never heard of that. Yes. We would sit in like one person's dorm room passing this hookah pen around like we were really getting high, really doing some shit and make O's with our mouths. Like we thought we were so fucking cool. And so that's my first experience with hookah at all. (laughs) And then in 2015, I was still in college in 2015, but this uh, before it was freshman year, which was like 2012. And then in 2015, I went to DC for a little bit for college. And that's when I realized, oh, Hookah is a really big deal. Like in DC, there was hookah setups at bars all the time. And I had never seen a hookah setup before. I didn't know what the whole water pipe looked like. I'd only seen a hookah pin. And that's when I realized it's kind of regional for Black people. Like I'm from LA. I find that Black people in LA are not that big, or at least Black people from LA are not that big on hookah. Like the hookah culture here is not so big. But I spend a lot of time in Atlanta because my boyfriend is shooting a show out there. It's huge there. And I lived in D.C. for a little bit, and it's huge there. I hear it's pretty big in New York City, so I feel like it's regional for Black people. Yeah, I mean, I've been to a hookah bar out here in L.A., but I'm originally from New York. And, yeah, I think I started hookah in college. I won't say the year. And I was going to, like, (laughs) it would be mostly when I was going back home and there would be, like, hookah spots in the Lower East Side that my friends and I would go to. A lot of the hookah spots weren't carding, you know, so it was Mm. easy to... To be, mm-hmm. and you can do who can be 18 and over. So I know that was like what was appealing to us was like, okay, we could be out, we could hookah, and sometimes we might be able to sneak a drink because they're not really IDing us. So there was a couple of like hookah spots. I feel like that was my early partying days, was like, you know, between that weird age when you're between 18 and 21, was like hookah. Hello, hello. Welcome to my show, Tuckered Out with Ami Tucker. I'm so glad you could join. I started this podcast because, frankly, I was tuckered out from trying to figure out what my true calling was. Trust me, I've had many careers. So I felt the need to connect and talk to South Asian trailblazers and experts around the world to understand how they figured it all out. Or, you know, maybe some of them haven't. We talk about growing up brown personal and professional journeys, and we dabble into topics that we may not have been able to talk about growing up with those aunties and uncles that would scare us. You can check out my show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes. Oh, wow. That makes sense. And then people just kind of stay interested in it after that time frame because it's just something that they've like, yeah. Exactly. And it's like a social social thing. Like, you know, you go with a group of people and y'all just gather around. I feel like, but what you, I feel like it's definitely maybe more popular on the East Coast and the South, like you highlighted. But I've been to a couple of hookah spots out here and like a hookah 
Friday night happy hour event. So it's here. It's just maybe not as popular as on the East and the South. And like, I think it's just kind of like a social gathering. It's like another way to, it's like drinking and hookah. Like people are kind of pairing those things together and it's cute. I like it. I don't try to do it too much because I know that essentially it's probably not the best for your lungs. Um, But, you know, it's something to do. It's something to do at late night. And sometimes I feel like I don't want to drink. So it allows me to kind of like put the drink down. Yeah. So that's the main thing. But like when you were talking about the the whole like what a hookah is and everything, you know, like as a historian, you know, I got to give you all some history. Mm-hmm. Please but, come with it. Um, yeah, like hookah, like you said, it started in India and it was really kind of like where like noble men, it was kind of like a bougie thing, like noble high priest people did mm. hookah. It wasn't like for the common folk. And it was created kind of like I said earlier for like connection and conversation. So that happened, they say it's 16th century, which is like almost 400 years ago. I don't know what's going on in the 16th century, but they were smoking hookah um, in India. And then it kind of mm-hmm. went from like India to Persia. And then in Persia, they kind of started to k- design the pipe a little bit. So they were known for kind of creating the pipe and making it really pretty and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. And that's when they first started seeing like hookah servants. So they would serve the noblemen, like kind of like, I guess today, like the hookah girls or the bar girls who bring you the drink and wave the sign. <laughs> <With> the sparklers. <laughs> exactly. And, they, and then there's like, now there's like hookah girls, you know, they like warm up the coal. They tell you like what flavors to get. <laughs> it came from Persia, y'all. That's oh my god, there are hookah girls. They do do that. Wow. Not the history of hookah girls. That's wild. <laughs> yes. The last event I went to, we like ordered drinks from a different person and I was like, "Oh, I want to get a hookah." And they were like, "Okay, we'll send the hookah girl over." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Oh, okay. Send the hookah girl over. <laughs> and That's she was funny. like telling me the different flavors, fruit loops, blah blah blah. I was like, "Okay." You got it. (laughs) And so, yeah, that was when the the Persians brought in like kind of like the hookah servants and all that other stuff, which was cool. And then after that, hookah kind of expanded into like the Middle East and Egypt. I don't know why they always try to make Egypt Middle East. They just don't want to admit that it's, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I know. Actually, wait, let me back up. So then from Persia, it went 18th century. So Persia was 17th century. 18th century is Turkish culture and they started doing like brass designs and like adorning the pipes with like cultural markings. So that was their thing. And it still was high society at that point. And, um, you know, it was kind of like they would offer it for you like as a dessert, kind of like after you eat dinner and it was like a trust thing. So you couldn't be like, no, I don't want a hookah, you know, like I know you don't like hookah, but you couldn't reject the hookah. Okay. I I know you're a headache headache, girl. And what about it? It's going to be disrespectful if you don't hit this pipe. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hit this pipe. You're going to hit this the pipe. The hookah pushers you know? so are strong. Yeah. They were, you know, it was a cultural thing. So that was 18th century Turkey. And then 19th century, then it got to the Middle East and Egypt. They always trying to make Egypt the Middle East. It is Africa, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And so they started in Egypt, really. They started mixing like honey and molasses. And that's how we start getting the 
flavored mm, tobacco, mm. that like sticky stuff that you see today. You know, you get your like your watermelon, your grape flavors, you know, that everybody likes Not today. the nigga flavors, please. Not watermelon <laughs> and grape flavors, please. <laughs> At least they haven't figured out how to make a chicken wing flavor, you know, fried chicken. Please. I took a sip of water and I will spit this out all over this microphone and computer. Please, Toya, please, enough. You know, on Juneteenth, you could have like a watermelon I'm done. and fried chicken flavor. Okay. I would boycott the fuck out of a place that tried to give me. You, you wouldn't. You wouldn't try it. No. Oh, you know what? I would try it. You. You. First of all, I would try it. <laughs> I'm not trying on Juneteenth because it don't feel right. But I'm trying it. Okay. Okay. You know, it might taste good. So then, um, from there, like in the the 19th century with Egypt and Middle East, you also start seeing like hookah cafes, and it becomes less a high noble thing, and it's just like you know, a place to bring people together, different classes, because mm-hmm. you know that I had like the whole caste system. So different classes, different genders, all of that were like chilling and hooking in the, you know, the cafes. You know what I'm saying? Hint, smoking the pipe, puff, puff, pass. Right, um, puff, puff, pass in the pipe. <laughs> the puff, puff, pass uh, culture started in the 16th century with hookah cafes. Ni- 19th, century, oh, 19th century, 19th century. Oh, oh, oh. 19th century. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in Egypt. Got it. <laughs> and exactly. So then from the 20th century, you start to see that like it spreads more in those places places already, Persia, India, Middle East, Egypt, and then it starts to go to Israel, Armenia, all those other places, Pakistan, and you each place starts to just put their own little spin on it with like different adornings, all that other stuff. So it's pretty cool. And then it gets to like the 19th century, like 1907, like when all the immigrants, like not immigrants, when all the people start. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's start over. Then... (laughs) So then, I know, reset. So then in the 19th century, we see it start coming about in America because different cultures are coming across um, and settling in America. You know, they're trying to sell you the American dream. Scam. And (laughs) scam. And um, around that time, like 1907, there's like mad people that come through like New York, through the Ellis Island and all that other stuff. And so they're bringing their different cultures with them and they bring hookah to America and that's how we see it start popping off and you know also the innovation of flavors are starting to happen as well so that's when like you know vaping all other stuff Mm -hmm. and like hookah just booms kind of like in the 2000s until now and that's why we got all these hookah parties and stuff the hookah boom and I'm sure when they came to the United States like when the folks from other countries came to the United States and brought hookah, they probably came to the East Coast, which is probably mm. why it has more of a stronghold in the East Coast and the yeah. New York, DCs and Atlantas as opposed to on the West Coast. Probably takes a longer time to like spread as, you know, hard. Yeah, it, it, it probably spread. It probably just hasn't taken a stronghold on the West Coast like it has on the East Coast because they, you know, probably came and brought it to the East Coast naturally because that's where most folks came when they first came to the United States uh, back in the 19th century. So, yeah. But also, you know, like LA, y'all have a strong Armenian culture. Yes. So maybe like in, but it's also LA is a little still segregated, like neighborhood wise. Very much so. So maybe right. in like the Armenian neighborhoods and stuff like that, there's probably like a strong hookah presence. Oh, sir, no, there is a strong hookah presence in Los Angeles, just not amongst black people from Los Angeles. But as far okay. as like Middle Eastern uh, communities in Los Angeles, more Armenian, Pakistani, Iranian, that type of thing, they, Persian, they definitely still. Uh, they have. There's a strong hookah presence here for those folks, just not for Black people who are from here. 
Yeah, maybe the transplants too. Like there's a lot of East Coasters. Right. I'm sure now there's probably a stronger hookah presence than when I was a little bit younger because, you know, that there's more transplants. So I'm sure it's probably rising in popularity here amongst Black folks. But yeah, amongst us that's from here, we don't, we don't really be hitting the hookah like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, I brought up some song lyrics that that included hookah, some rap lyrics. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. I found some. I went on Genius.com. I typed in hookah just to see what would come of it. Do you remember this song called Hookah by Tyga and Young Thug? It came out maybe in like, I want to say like 2014, something like that. Um, I would, could you, could you sing it? I'm about me? to play it. Hold <laughs> on. Let me find, let me find okay. hookah a little bit so that you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, Tyga has a song. Okay. Does it have hookah in the title? It's called hookah. What? Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, that was a good fun fact. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, it's called hookah. There's um, a song called Ooh Kill Him by Meek Mill. And in, in one of the bars in the songs, he says, you fuck around with me and get smoked like a hookah, is what he oh, says. So that's another okay. one. And then there, okay, so another name for hookah, y'all, is Shisha. And Saucy Santana and the City Girls have a song called Shisha where they're talking about hookah the whole time. They're like, oh. what is she should? Like, that's, the, that's how the song goes. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Let me add this to my Apple playlist real quick. But you know what? You know what just dawned on me when I was thinking about this? Hookah, and this, I just thought about this right now at the top of my head, y'all. So if this is incoherent, please bear with me. Hookah is cultural in a lot of Muslim countries and a lot of Muslim cultures. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that Black folks do really enjoy an Arab name. Like, for instance, the name Rahim is an Arab name, but there's a lot of Black Rahims. Mm-hmm. The name mm-hmm. Kiana, I also think is an Arab name, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. And also that. is Black. The name Aaliyah is an Arab name and also a Black, you know, has a stronghold on Black things. And hookah yeah. also originating in a lot of Arab, you know, or like being popular in a lot of Arab places also has a stronghold on Blackness. There's some link between Arab cultures and, and I think that link might be Africa because East African countries are more Arab, often like Egypt. And that that's that's my theory. That's my theory as to the Arab Black Link. And then there was a whole music genre of us like making like Oh my god, that offensive <laughs> we can Arab money. <laughs> oh my god. That offensive cultural appropriation. And shit. then like Timberland and like Magoo had a whole song about the Indian flute, that song. Wow. Ooh, oh, oh, oh. Ooh, wow. I wonder what she was saying. But, you know, there was a whole obsession with, like, mixing those sounds with hip-hop music. Yes, 100%. 100%. Black people really do like, like, the the Middle Eastern Arab cultures. They, they like that. Yeah, and then, I mean... You know, don't quote me, but also like in New York, at least, especially like in the black neighborhoods, there's a strong, like, you know, all the corners, a lot of the corner stores and bodegas Mm -hmm. are owned by like Muslim, Middle Eastern Mm -hmm. um, families. So, you know, you have like that whole cross-cultural thing going on Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New York does seem like the original place for a lot of 
cross-cultural things that have made their way outside of New York. Yeah. 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 That that definitely makes sense. So this hookah was like the only topic that I literally could not find anything on the internet regarding Black people and hookah. You know, every episode I'm like trying to do a little bit of research ahead of time to try to see what the link between Black people and whatever the topic is that we're talking about. And usually there is a, a link that is visible that you can track and talk about and whatever. Hookah, there just wasn't one. The only thing that I could see was studies saying that Black people are are more likely to engage with hookah um, mm. and tobacco products as a whole, including cigarettes and other things. It kept saying Black and Latino people are more likely to engage with those things in other cultures, which I thought was weird because, as I just said, a lot of Middle Eastern cultures are. It seemed like they just left them out or kind of meshed them in with white people in that study. And I'm like, uh, all right, weird, but all right. Yeah. I mean, I think it also kind of bleeds into like the cannabis culture, you know what I mean? So like, which is very much a part of black culture. So it's like something you can do in public that's not illegal. I know people who put, you know, cannabis in their hookah, you know what I'm saying? So I think it also just, I mean, I think unfortunately, yeah, it's linked to like cigarettes that they implant in different poor neighborhoods. But I also think that it's kind of like a crossover with like cannabis culture as well. That's a guess, obviously. I'm not, I don't have no research on it. No, that definitely makes sense. And overall, I think the reason why Black people love hookah and I had to theorize 100% around this one because, again, like I said, I couldn't find anything on the internet, is because, like you were saying earlier, Toya, it's just like a socialization thing, and Black people are kind of like a communal people. Yeah. And so it's just another thing that we can commune and socialize around, like going to dinner or going out to a bar. It's like now there's just like another place that we can go. We can go to the hookah lounge and, you know, be Black and have a good-ass Black time there, too. So yeah. I, that's my theory as to why black people like it. You have any anything else that you... No, I think you hit... I think that's true. Like, you know, I think that's how it's mostly marketed every time I see it. It's like, oh, who can happy hour, you know, kind of thing. Or they have like happy a DJ. Hour, yep. mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, now they got hookahs at the strip club. You know what I'm saying? I saw hookah at Magic City when I went to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, you can have it's. I think it's just like another form, like you said, of entertainment. And so it's just being like kind of sprinkled into like places where people are already at as something else to do, you know, besides just drink um, or dance. It's just like another form of entertainment and socialization, like Mm -hmm. you said. So yeah, they have them in strip clubs now, and some strip clubs, not all strip clubs. And yeah, I think it's just like a social thing, an alternative or an addition to drinking, right? Um, and yeah I mean I also feel like people don't dance no more that's another episode I also feel like that's kind of an LA thing low key okay I didn't want to say that because people from LA be like oh you're just shitting you just don't know where to go and I'm like maybe I don't that could totally you know I'm a transplant maybe I don't know the spots I don't know where to go I know the the spots in New York you know what I'm saying but maybe I don't know the spots here I'm not from here so let me not make generalizations but I never know that people don't dance here until I started going other places. Like when I go to Atlanta and me and my boyfriend go to a bar or we go to brunch or something, I'm like, oh, niggas are up at brunch dancing. Niggas are up in this bar dancing. Like, I'm always like, oh, okay, so we really just don't do that. It's like not part of LA no. culture like that to mm. me. <laughs> and I never thought anything. I was like, people dance, but they just don't. They do, just not often. Not as often as like other places. <laughs> 
And I think maybe people have different definitions of dancing here, you know? You know what? <laughs> Don't do us, Toya. Don't do us. Like, about people have different definitions of dancing. I'm going to do yeah, my little two-step, and I'm going to call you it know, a dance, okay? You know, I think on East Coast, it's very much, and even, like, the South, too, a little bit, it's, like, very much about, like, catching a dub. Like, you're dancing with another person. Oh. You might be behind them. Like, that is a thing. That is actually a phrase, you know? But here, I don't think anyone knows what a dub is. Mm, I like, mean, you know what I'm for me here, a dub is a, a, a win. Like, oh, you okay. got a dub. Like, you got a win. <laughs> okay. Or yeah. it could be you got dubbed off like you lost. Like, you got Okay, beat, okay. You know, like, okay. it can yeah. really mean either. <laughs> you know, so people dance. And also, I think the other thing that I think that... Okay, we're going to dancing, but whatever. The other thing that I think that doesn't hit here is like reggae music. You know, there's not a lot of no, and so reggae music is like you got a slow wind, and you know, a nigga's trying to catch a wind. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> niggas so, trying to like, catch some ass. Exactly. Do so like, you can't. They don't really play that here to in to kind of create that type of environment mm-hmm. where people are like, oh, I need to move my waist, and the niggas are like, oh, I want to get behind that. You know what I'm saying? So. They need to just play more reggae out here. When I went to D.C., when I lived in D.C. for a little bit and I would go out and I would always be like, why am I hearing this everywhere? Why am I hearing reggae music everywhere? Why am I hearing Afro beats everywhere? Because, again, in L.A., you're not really going to hear too much of either of those. And so it took some adjusting and getting used to. Eventually, I learned how to do uh, my little baby miniature wine. I don't actually dance well, <laughs> but, you know, I'll do something light for the girls, something you know, for the girls to go up to Something light, you know. You know? But, um, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. I heard, I did hear, I did hear from a person that like the Afro Beats parties are where it's at. Like if you do want to dance out here in LA, if you find a good Afro Beats party, mm-hmm. they will also play reggae and you might be able to have a good you know, time. Catch, I feel like LA is more like gangster rap, you know, people yes. are like crip walking and stuff. <laughs> yes. yes. And rapping. That's you my know? culture. I'm definitely going to rap. One thing about me at a party I'm going to that bar for bar, toe to toe. Y'all go hear these bars from me, okay? You know, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is different. I came here to dance. You came here to rap. Got sure it. Did. Sure did. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get signed, baby. I did not come here to dance. I'm trying to get signed. This is the music capital, so I get right, it. Right, right. Y'all go hear this little 12 bars off me for sure. Yeah, I'm like, oh, wow, people are really, like, rapping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling some slight shade. Toya said, oh, the rapidity rap, that's cute. That's really that's cute. cute. Yeah. I like that. Do you dance? Do you, do you do that? No? Okay, that's fine. But, yeah, no, if I'm going to smoke hookah, it feels like a microphone to me, and so I'm definitely going to rap as well. I don't understand. Okay. If, you know, okay, like, oh, okay. I'm holding this shit in front of my mouth like this, I'm going to be rapping for you. You're welcome. That's it. Okay, okay. You know, I enjoy that. I enjoy that. I get it now. I feel like I'm so enlightened from hookah to dancing to rapping. You see how we arrive? Right. All things together, Black people are celebratory. Hookah gives us another thing to, like, add to our celebratory nature. Um, We're going to dance. We're going to rap. We're going to have a good time. That's the bottom line. Exactly. Black people love hookah, period, point blank. We love a good time. I think that's all I got on hookah. You got anything else you want to add? You good? No, no. You know, I'm, I'm good. I, like... You know, actually, one more thing. I did mm-hmm. buy a hookah pipe during COVID. I don't know. It was one of my purchases. It broke. It broke at one point. But yeah, like, 
I did do that. That was a thing that I did. I feel like mo- a lot of people may have, you know, there were like COVID purchases, you know, Amazon was going crazy. Yep. Um, I got mine from a smoke shop, but even still, I feel like I would not be surprised if people were like buying that during, during the pandemic. I wouldn't be surprised either. Right. Cause you, I mean, you're not trying to go out and share hookahs with niggas. Like certainly no. not trying to do that. Mm-mm, no, so not. You invite no a couple communal. close friends, right. You invite a couple close <laughs> friends to your house. You light up the hookah, you get the coals going. Y'all pass, y'all have the little different mouthpieces. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So, in the words yeah. of one tiger and young thug, oh no, babe, pass me the hookah. Pass, pass me the shisha. Divide. Where the shisha? <laughs> Where the shisha? <laughs> Looking you for a Keisha. Exactly. Claire, tell them where they can find you on the internet. Um, On the interwebs, you can find me at either Toya from Harlem and that wasn't in my textbook which is my podcast that you sub- should subscribe to um and yeah that's that's where I'm at you know talking shit breaking down history and fun layman's terms Ugh, very fun layman's terms Toya's real good at this shit y'all so Thank definitely you. go check that out you know per usual you can find me at BPLP pod across across all social media platforms why can't I talk today what is going on um you know why? It's because this is my first conversation of the day. I have not really spoken to anybody <laughs> yet. You're getting the the trial run. Okay. Well, I would normally okay. uh, record after work when I've been talking to people all day. So I'm like, I'm warmed up and I'm good to go. This is my first conversation of the day. So that's fair. You can find me across all social media platforms at BPLP Pod. You can email me at blackpeopleloveparamore at gmail.com. And that's about it. I will see y'all next time. Bye. 